Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Welcome to This Miraculous Life, broadcasting and recording live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Sarah Oliveri Olumba, and this podcast is all about tuning in with the miraculousness of life and liberating yourself from the bullshit. I have my master's degree in positive psychology, which is essentially the scientific study of human thriving. In other words, humans at their very best, you know, when they sort of feel like their life is good, their relationships are strong, etc. What is the science behind that? So that's what I studied. And I have a life coaching practice here in Washington, D.C., I also have a belief that life is a profound and miraculous gift. So I integrate all of those things into the show and we talk about anything and everything that relates with the miraculousness of life, uh, particularly things that our listeners are struggling with that are getting in the way of them feeling as aligned with the miraculousness of life as all of us might like. I don't know who wouldn't want that. So that is what we do here. And today we are talking about a topic that I have been wanting to cover for some time, which is weight, body weight, and the issue of disentangling our body weight from our self-worth. And we've received a really a really powerful and I think really relevant letter about this topic. And I have also brought onto the show a friend and an awesome guest who is going to help contribute to the discussion today, Andy Carton. And Andy is not only a doctoral student in clinical psychology, um, but he also has his own pretty significant weight loss journey. So that is why I wanted, because of both of those things, I wanted him to be on the show today so that he could weigh in on this subject. Pun intended. <laughs> Pun not intended. Wow, impressive. I didn't even pick up on it. <laughs> See? Uh, so that's why you're here, Andy. <laughs> to help me out with all the things I miss. Um, yeah, how much... Can you Can you remind me, Andy, how much weight you lost in your over the course of your weight loss journey? 103 pounds. And I like to include that last three because they were the hardest to lose. <laughs> I can imagine. Wow. Yeah. 103 pounds. That's that's a lot of weight. So yeah, significant weight loss journey. Um, and I know, you know, I know from your social media that that journey was meaningful for you and that that's something that you are really proud of. Um, so I, but I also, you know, imagine that you can relate to the person who wrote us this letter who is not at you know what they would see as the end of their weight loss journey I don't know you know if that's even a reasonable I don't know if it ever feels like the end right um like something that you can just put out of your mind 
Uh, I think for most of us, myself included, who does not have a significant weight loss journey, that doesn't mean that body weight is not something that I still think about. Um, so, but I really wanted to have Andy here because he is awesome um, and he has lost a lot of weight so he can understand what it's like to be a person who is carrying a lot of body weight, but also in the process of trying to lose body weight and then having lost body weight. So I'm really interested for him to contribute how, if and how he was able to thrive through all of those stages um, and if if he wasn't able to thrive, sort of what advice he would have for somebody else, you know. Um, and then we have this great letter that we are going to be responding to. So shall we hear the letter? Alexia, Andy, are you guys ready to hear from our listener? Definitely. Very ready. Okay, here we go. Dear Sarah, my weight has yo-yoed up and down for years. I was a chubby kid and was always teased for it. I managed to get my weight under control in high school, but with the stress of college, I packed on the pounds again. Unlike most of my friends and classmates, who seemed to be having the time of their lives, my college years were defined by my weight. Too ashamed of my body image, I seldom left my dorm room for anything except to attend class. After graduating, I did not land the career I wanted, the career job I wanted. Instead, I had a low-key part-time retail job. This left me with lots of time and energy to pour into my biggest flaw, my big fat self. Ouch, pretty harsh. With regular diet and exercise, I slimmed down to the point of being uh, with a star almost being fit. I felt great. I looked great. I received compliments on my appearance, which I had seldom if ever gotten in the past. Fast forward four years, and now I've had a complete reversal. I finally landed the job that I wanted. My salary is increasing, but so is my weight. My work life is just so busy. I don't have the time and energy to keep my weight in check. Although I should be feeling good about my job and professional prospects, I don't. I just feel bad about my weight. I look in the mirror and I feel disgusted with myself. I see a picture of myself on social media and I feel embarrassed. I see an old picture of when I was slimmer and I feel a tinge of self-loathing. Overall, my energy levels and confidence have plummeted. I used to relish the opportunity to present to the higher-ups at work, but lately, I just don't feel like it. I used to love planning weekend adventures with friends. Now, I can't even be bothered to join. Again, I'm feeling like I did when I got so heavy in college. Worthless. I know that I could have a lot to offer, both at work and in my friend group, but because I have failed to take care of my body and health, I feel like what I have to offer is somehow less. It's going to be hard for me to achieve a healthy body weight again. Until then, how can I keep from feeling worthless? How can I separate my professional value, social value, and self-value from my weight and body image. 
from listening to your podcast, I know that you are all about healthy and happy living. So I'm hoping you will have some advice for me. I look forward to your response. Sincerely, fat and unhappy. Ooh, woof. Um, well, fat and unhappy, it turns out fat and unhappy actually did not reveal their gender. So I definitely want to keep that in mind because, uh, I'm glad I have Andy here who is a guy that has a weight loss journey. I think I definitely do have, um, a bias to think of body weight as a female issue, which doesn't make any sense. I, I have, I even have male clients who struggle with body weight and think about that a lot. Um, but I think as a female, I've been sort of indoctrinated with this belief that female body weight is so much more relevant and top of mind than male body weight. And there probably is some truth to that, but it's clearly not an issue that is is limited to the female mind. So I want to take a pause. I think that this letter is really packed with great questions, revealing thoughts, uh, and I, I just appreciate how direct and open and how this person shares sort of their innermost thoughts because that is sort of the crux of the body weight issue that I hear even hidden in the things that friends say to me. So I want to take a pause and see um, Andy and Alexia what you guys think of this letter that we have from as they signed fat and unhappy. Any immediate reactions? Uh, yeah, I am sad. <laughs> it makes mm. me sad. And I wonder yeah. um, if you two will get into how to, again, maybe what Sarah was talking about last week of being able to coexist with your feelings of um, unhappiness and uneasiness while still in being able to enjoy life and recognize that there are things that you can be happy about. Um, but which I think is something that's possible, but when it's something like your body weight and you're struggling with like the physical sp- person that you are, um, I feel like it just takes a toll on basically yeah. every aspect of your life. And so right. um, I'm really curious to hear what uh, strategies and what uh, frame of mind you all can offer to someone um, who's struggling in that way. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like, how do you how do you reconcile that given that it is literally your the life the the body in which you have to live your life yeah andy initial thoughts yeah uh what a powerful letter um Mm -hmm. i think this is something a lot of people can relate to in that this person seems to have their sense of value their sense of their self-worth completely enmeshed with their weight absolutely um but with one caveat Mm -hmm. it sounds like they uh are pretty career driven. Mm-hmm. So I can hear this person trying to build their identity around something, mm-hmm. whether it's how they look or what job they have. And I think that's a trap. Mm. I can see this person putting a lot of their self-esteem eggs in one of these two baskets, which are fleeting and fragile. Mm. Um, so I think that's something to be aware of. Absolutely. That's my initial reaction. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's a great, I think that's a great insight, Andy. So let's dive in. I mean, I'm excited I, to me, and I completely agree uh, with both of you. To me, the most important question of this letter, the most important sentence of this letter is where they say, until then, in other words, until I do have a body weight that I feel good about, 
how can I keep from feeling worthless? So they're, they're not asking us, how do I lose weight? They're asking us, how do I keep from feeling worthless in the meantime? Which I think is really the more important question anyhow. Uh, so yeah, Andy, I, when we talked before the show, you mentioned something about what you just said to me and you, the way that you put it for, you said that for you, you had been putting and tend to put a lot of your identity in your achievements. Can you tell us a little bit more about this, this theory that you just introduced of what, how you think that the, that fat and unhappy is trying to build their identity. And you said building it around things that tend to be fleeting and fragile. So tell us a little bit more about that. You know, like, what do you think fat and unhappy is building their identity around? What was it for you? And then what is a better option? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so what I heard in that letter is that uh, this person is uh, building their identity around either their body weight or career, and that seems to be flip-flopping. Mm-hmm. I think um, when they had the job they want, the health took a back seat and the body weight went up, but when they weren't so invested in their career, uh, they had time Mm-hmm. to diet and exercise, it sounds mm-hmm. like. So body yeah. weight went down. They said that specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, when you just narrow your identity mm-hmm. to just one or two things, whether it be your how you um, look or what you weigh mm-hmm. or what job you have, mm-hmm. then you're not going to feel like you're thriving. You're not mm-hmm. going to feel proud of yourself because your identity, you as a person are so much more mm-hmm. than what you weigh, so much more than what you do for mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's a lot of what you said is like being a whole person and helping mm-hmm. you thrive in your entire life, not just, you know, when you step on the scale or when you go to work. Cause right. I, I really want to know if this person is a mother or a father, Right. you know, what else they do that makes them a valuable person. Right. Right. Absolutely. I love the insight that it is dangerous to attach your identity to a few things like just a few small things mm-hmm. that you're you are your job or you are your business or you know I think even if if, if you are a mom and that's that's it you know because uh, I have actually I have a colleague uh, and he didn't he didn't write this but there was we talk about purpose statements a personal purpose or mission statement And when I work on mission statements with clients, I always encourage them that the mission statement should A, be something that in theory they could do in isolation uh, and that could apply to any aspect of their life, personal, professional, et cetera. Uh, And so I was reading this book at one time and it had examples of mission statements and the examples were horrible. And one of the one of the examples was uh, my mission is to be a great mom and raise healthy, well adapted children. And I was like, well, that mission statement is just completely fucked mm-hmm. <laughs> because you've like narrowed like you started off by narrowing your identity down to just to being a mom, which like as somebody who is raising children Yes, I understand. Like that can feel like everything. That is huge. It is a very important role. But 
like to Andy's point, nobody is just one thing. And then in addition, that mission statement attaches this person's life having any value to how healthy and well adapted their children turn out, which is often entirely outside of the parents' control, even if they do everything perfectly. So basically what I what she's saying is my only purpose in life is to be a mom. And if for some reason my child has struggles with being healthy or well adapted, my life is now rendered purposeless, which is incredibly dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I think you're saying a similar thing. If we say my identity, my purpose in life is to be really excellent in my career or to be thin and good looking or to be a high achiever in athletics, whatever the case may be, all of it is dangerous because we've narrowed our identity down to this one specific thing when in Mm -hmm. reality human beings are just so much more dynamic and diverse than that. Mm -hmm. The mission statement idea is very compelling because Mm. what a mission statement is, is a declaration of your values. Right. Um, Right. I wish I could remember who wrote it, but it's one of the best ways to achieve a sense of self satisfaction, self esteem is to live your values. Love that. Um, And it sounds like for, I don't want to say for fat and unhappy. I don't want to refer to them. I know. I know. It's like, it's hard. Should we give them (laughs) a new name? Yeah. Um, For our writer, uh, it sounds like health is one of the values that they're trying to enact, but Mm. that's been a little bit touch and go. Mm -hmm. So when they are not living that healthy lifestyle value that Mm. they seem to have, they're not going to feel great. Um, And I Mm. think that's what this person is uh, that's what's contributing this person's self sense of worthlessness mm-hmm. besides all of the cultural stuff going on, mm. which needs to be said. Got it. How do you stop feeling worthless as an overweight person walking through this world? I wish there was an easy answer for that mm. because there is fat stigma. Correct. You know, um, there is a lot of body shame coming at you from every angle. Right. Um, and that's tough to deal with. Right. So I, that has to be mentioned. But yeah, living your values is one of the fastest ways of self-esteem and, and um, purpose. And if health is one of your values and you're neglecting it, then you're not going to feel like mm. you're living your best life. I have a question. Yeah. How can a person, whether a writer or anyone, distinguish between being healthy and losing weight? What is the difference between those two things, if anything? That's a really good question. Um, There are all kinds of numbers and metrics I could throw at you. Mm -hmm. Um, But mostly that's going to, you know, depend on how you're feeling Mm -hmm. in your own body, in your own mind. Mm -hmm. Um, There are, you know, recommended levels of blood pressure, recommended levels of triglycerides. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I... The BMI is what the BMI is. It's not a great system of measurement for individual body weight. Yeah. Um, but there are all those recommendations I could throw at you. But at the end of the day, everyone has to decide that for themselves. Mm-hmm. Got it. I have a question. As I have another question, which is this challenge of attaching, sort of hitching your identity to one or two things in your life or aspects about you. What has your experience been with that, Andy? And... Can you relate? Can you relate to our writer? I definitely can. Uh, yeah. and, and can you, so can you share with us your experience of that identity piece and also 
How did you personally handle it? You, you mentioned early in the show that you, you lost 103 pounds. Mm-hmm. So I want to understand, did you struggle with self-worth when you were 103 pounds heavier? And are there things, or are there ways that you were able to not struggle with that? If so, how? Or if it was a struggle, you know, what would you tell yourself what would the you now tell yourself then? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think my body weight was a result of not feeling like I was living my values. And I think in a lot of ways I was eating to cope with that. Mm. Um, so I, when I graduated college, I worked in politics for about six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last campaign was in 2014. Mm-hmm. And so I got out at just the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and sounds like being it. on the campaign trail and, you know, working that high intensity, high pressure job um, and feeling like I wasn't doing a lot of good mm. while I was doing it, it just was pretty soul crushing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use it as a rationalization to eat like crap. Um, you know, drinking is a big part of politics. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where a lot of my calories came from, too. Mm-hmm. Um And, you know, when I burned out of politics because I was not feeling like I was really helping anybody, which is what I got in politics to do. Mm, I was mostly raising money for candidates I wasn't wild about. Right. Um, You know, I was not seeing uh, any progress in terms of, um, you know, the issues I cared about. So... I had to get out of there. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, you know, losing weight wasn't about losing weight. I wasn't doing it for vanity Mm -hmm. or not totally for vanity. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you know, because I wanted to hit a certain number. It was about reclaiming control of my life, Mm. which I, when I say that I had really given control away, I Mm -hmm. I made that choice. Right. You know, I had chosen to cope with food. Mm -hmm. Um, So what you're saying is that for you, eating was a coping mechanism for feeling unfulfilled Mm -hmm. in other parts of your life. Mm -hmm, For sure. Got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really challenging. Um, No, and I, uh, you know, had placed a lot of my identity Mm -hmm. in my work. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, at that time, the foundation of my self-esteem and Mm -hmm. who I was. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and to feel like I wasn't doing that very well or to the level I was capable of was pretty rough. So what was that identity? What was the identity you were trying to achieve at that time? Of being a very smart and, um, you know, talented campaign manager or legislative aide or whatever, you know, political operation status I held at the Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. It's interesting too, to me that the words you use, you said smart and talented, which Mm -hmm. are, words that indicate uh this idea of uh fixed mindset have you heard of this mm-hmm. fixed versus growth mindset mm-hmm. so for everyone listening fixed fixed mindset is when you believe that your qualities or attributes are fixed they're sort of assigned at birth type of thing and you either have it or you don't you know and every test becomes an opportunity to either prove that you indeed have a great deal of intelligence, or if you fail a test, then that means, oh, now this is evidence that you have actually less intelligence than what you might have thought prior. Whereas growth mindset is the idea that your qualities or your attributes are 
changeable and that in fact you only acquire them through learning and growth. Uh, and so by growth mindset, if you were to fail a test, that wouldn't mean that's evidence that you are less intelligent. In fact, you would gain intelligence from that experience because now you know something that you didn't know before. Uh, and the word smart and talented sort of point to that to me because uh, smart and talented are what we call uh, like person-oriented praise instead of process-oriented praise. So usually you don't tell a person that they become smart or they become talented. That's like something that the person was born with and you either got it or you don't, as opposed to telling someone, you know, you're very skilled, right? Or you put a lot of effort into this or yeah. you're very determined uh, or you're very thoughtful, those kinds of things. And, and what, a, what a DC thing, and this was especially true in politics, is to <laughs> yeah. define yourself by your job title and right. the higher your rank, right. then right. the more, uh, whatever, you know, um, esteem you had yeah Yeah. right right exactly and that i think fits with that prestige demon that comes up often in our show as Mm -hmm. well so andy it sounds like for you it sounds like for you actually the worthless feeling was not exactly about your body weight it sounds like for you it was more about feeling that you were not meeting your contingencies of self-worth around achievement and i think that's part of what helped me be successful is that the body weight was a byproduct of trying to focus more on my health. Mm. Got it. So, so, so talk to me about this. So you, it sounds like you never quite felt that your worth was diminished just because you were overweight. You didn't feel that like deep shame or wrongness for being a person who was overweight. Is that right? I did sometimes. I did. But, you know, I have to say, like, as a man, it's easier. Mm. Can you say more about that? What do you mean? There's more stigma for women to be overweight than men. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And we don't uh, don't know if this person is a man or a woman, but I think that's why I was assuming that Mm -hmm. it was a woman. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I think it's more socially acceptable for men to be overweight than it is for women. Yeah, it's there, it's less of a conversation, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think people are talking about women's body weight all the time. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I was not as bombarded, you know, by that message as mm-hmm. I think a lot of women are. Mm-hmm. So for you, the main the main sense of worthlessness was around your contingencies of self worth, of being smart, of being talented, of being a really high achiever of having Mm -hmm. an impressive, prestigious, professional title. Yeah. So how did you, how did you slash how are you overcoming those contingencies of self-worth? Do you feel that those are still at the forefront of your life? And if not, how did you diminish the power that those contingencies have over you? Um, Like during, but not limited to your weight loss journey. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I when I noticed that this job was not for me, mm-hmm. you know, I was raising, I was doing, like going to fundraiser after fundraiser, raising money for people I did not believe in mm. and was not seeing any change happen mm-hmm. as a result of that. Um, and that was really all I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, no amount of time or extra effort would have yielded me the results I wanted. Mm. And there are a lot of smart, capable, talented 
I know we just went over those words, people in this job and mm-hmm. more power to them. Mm-hmm. Sure. It wasn't for me. Right. It wasn't worth the health and time that I had to sacrifice for that. Mm. So really, you know what, for me, it was about taking back control of my health, which was a value to me mm-hmm. and demonstrating my resolve. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, doing the things that I believed in has always been a core part of who I am right. like beyond whatever title I held, because right. that's what all of this was in service of right. was trying to do what I believed in, trying to help people, trying to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. And politics wasn't the only avenue for that. Mm-hmm. The only part of that job I really enjoyed was being able to talk to people one-on-one constituents, mm. um, voters, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and for a lot of people like politics is very personal. Yeah. So when somebody came yeah. to me with a problem, this was especially true when I was working as a legislative aide, mm. um, and working with constituents, when somebody would tell me why they believed what they believed, mm-hmm. or they had a problem like, I'm trying to get my son a wheelchair. Mm, right. Or I'm trying to, you know, um, support this transgender rights bill. Let me tell you about my experience. Yes. That really resonated with me. Got it. And I thought this was, you know, so I, I got accepted into a uh, clinical psychology program. Um, so you made a choice to basically do a complete career shift. Yeah. Because yeah. you realized that you were not, the work you were doing didn't feel meaningful to you. Mm-hmm. But the values didn't change. Right. And I think that's been something that's helped a lot. Got it. So you mentioned to me uh, before the show this idea of that prior to making this change into clinical psychology, you were really struggling with hitching your worth to your achievement and then at some point, that achievement became weight loss. Yeah. So how, how, what advice would you have for, dis, for someone to disentangle losing weight, weight as a byproduct of prioritizing health versus losing weight because that is what makes them feel like they matter and they have worth and they they have this achievement and also feeling that they need to keep losing weight in order to continue having worth or feeling mm-hmm. like if they if they have a week where they didn't lose any weight and therefore there's no achievement then that that week was a waste you know mm-hmm. i think it goes back to the question of are you living your values mm-hmm. if that if you don't lose any weight that week and and for a lot of people, like I'm not going to demonize weight loss because it's important for a lot of people. Mm. But if you didn't lose any weight that week, are you still living your values? Are you still trying? Right. Is that's what really matters. It is probably the biggest thing that stops people is, you know, that first brush with adversity Mm -hmm. and, uh, not seeing the results pay off as quickly as they would like. And then they stop. Mm. Can you push through using your values to, to cultivate resolve Mm -hmm. and continue on this journey. Right. Okay. So let me see if I can sort of summarize. So the biggest things that I'm hearing so far that were important for you, Andy, and that are probably important for our, our writer and listeners is a to not hit your worth to just a couple of small things in life or even a couple of big things. Understand that you are so many different things, mm-hmm. you know? In fact, it would probably be hard to summarize one's complete identity in a 40-page paper. 
For sure. Right? So that is a red flag and a recipe for disappointment and feeling worthless because at any given time, if you've hitched your worth to one or two things, those one or two things might not be going in the way that makes you feel worthwhile or makes you feel esteemed. Uh, But that is fine if you recognize that you are much more than one or two things. So that's the that's the first big tip that I heard, which I think is really valuable. And I don't think it's ever been said on this show in that way. And then the other thing that is really standing out is really just driving home this message that if you are living in a way that is aligned with your values, that's all that matters. So you have to A, understand what you val- your values are and B, prioritize them even when it's hard, even if it means quitting a job and making a complete career reversal after you've invested years of your life and years of your health and years of your network and everything into into something, being willing, like Andy did, to say, this is, I, I realize I got into this because of my values, but now that I'm deep in it, I realize it is actually not aligned with my values and I'm going to make a change. And the same goes for the weight loss journey, that it's really not about losing weight. It's about getting aligned with your values. And for most people, I mean, this is an interesting one. I, I mean, I think it's important to have someone like you on the show, um, because you do have a weight loss journey, you know, I heard you say, I don't want to demonize weight loss because it is important for a lot of people. Um, and I would also say, I don't, I don't want to demonize, um, what's the right word? Like fatness. I don't, I don't know what the right word is, but I think also there are a lot of people whose natural healthiest body would be considered fat by most of society, you know? And so I also want to say that I don't want to demonize that because particularly as a woman, and I'm a, you know, I'm a petite woman, but I see all, I see a lot of women of all shapes and sizes. And I can clearly tell that there are plenty of gorgeous, healthy, strong hats, like strong as hell women who whose like body is just made to be a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to demonize that, you know? Uh, So, you know, not demonizing weight loss, but also not demonizing not being a tiny person, um, that the important thing is getting aligned with the values. And that probably sort of what implicit in what I hear you saying, Andy, is that probably most everyone has some core value that requires them to be taking care of their physical body, that just simply neglecting the physical body is not aligned with anyone's core values. Because in truth, and Alexia got at this in her initial point, actually, the physical body is indeed what we have to carry us through our lives. And so caring for that in some significant way is probably important for everyone to be fully aligned with their values. And if we know that we are caring for our physical body in a significant way, that should be enough. 
And if we have weight to lose, you know, my assumption is that if we have weight to lose and that is genuinely what our body needs, if we are caring for our physical body in a significant way, we'll, weight loss will be a natural side effect of that. And if we don't have weight to lose, then weight loss will not be a natural side effect of that. But either way, we have to, the most important thing is being aligned with our values. And in addition, taking care of our physical body is a part of being aligned with our values. That is, that's part of what I hear you saying. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, I can sit here and say, just live your values and you'll be fine. And I wish it were that simple. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of demons that get in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to check in with Alexia because uh, me and Alexia are women. And so, and, and you even, you know, acknowledged, Andy, that it is different for a man and that there's a little bit less pressure for men to maintain a very specific type of physique. So, Alexia, I'm curious, you know, if our writer is a woman, um, are there things that, that you think we still need to answer for her? things that questions that you know you think remain unanswered about this letter or just thoughts in your mind about the conversation so far Alexia Uh, I think that everything you've been saying is incredibly helpful especially this last piece about centralizing health in general Mm -hmm. um, and well-being and then moving from there to see if you lose weight afterwards cool if you don't that's also cool right Um, my question then is maybe even more to the point of what we have touched on earlier this or sorry in the past season because yeah. this is a new season Ooh. of how to then move into confidence mm. um linking the piece of moving and uh acting within your values right. and having that be um what instills confidence within you right mm. absolutely great question thank you for bringing that up alexia yeah. so there's a few things that i do want to still say to this writer, which I think are relevant to Alexia's confidence building question. And to me, it seems like it's really interesting because I love your insight, Andy, that one of the main things that this writer could be struggling with is lack of alignment with values. Uh, And it makes a lot of sense to me that caring for the physical body is going to be an important part of aligning with core values for pretty much anyone because everyone has a physical body and feeling taking good care of your life <laughs> is aligned with with core values you know it, it, not taking care of our physical life cannot possibly be aligned with core values um, and that may or may that may or may not correlate to weight loss uh, and in the end the weight loss is kind of irrelevant but what I also heard in this in this letter is that it's likely that this writer is struggling with demons as well, you know. And in, in the past, in past episodes, we've called those demons also contingencies of self-worth, meaning criteria on which we've built up or staked our worth. I think Andy's example of Achievement or having a prestigious job title or being perceived as smart and intelligent. I think all of those things can also be contingencies of self worth. And I know that for a lot of women, I would say myself included, uh, there are a lot of contingencies of self worth around appearance. So the contingency of self worth can be appearance itself, it can be attractiveness, it can be desirability, it can be prettiness, it can be thinness. You know, it can be uh, physique, right? And 
So I, my experience is that as a society, we send the message, particularly to women, that you can be anything you want to be. You know, you can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can be the president of the United States. And that's all great. (laughs) But at the end of the day, your worth, your real worth as a woman comes down to how good looking you are. Personally, I feel that that is the message that I have received and I resent it. (laughs) Um, And so to me that that it's possible that that is a part of what this writer is struggling with the message that if you are that society sends that if you have a thin or lean body physique then you have a lot of value and if you have a soft fluffy large body physique then you do not have a lot of value you are less valuable than the person who has a different physique and what I want to say is that that's garbage that is nonsense that is bullshit and it's just simply false like it is false that a person who looks any type of way has more value or less value than somebody else on the basis of their looks you know what I thought was really interesting in that letter is that uh, the writer was unhappy making presentations mm-hmm. because of what, how much they weigh. Yeah, I think they even to said do with the quality of their work. Exactly, I think they even said they didn't want to hang out with their friends anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think the thing that I want to that I want to close with because I know we're running out of time. But the last point I want to say is that you know. Uh, fat and unhappy if that's how you're feeling you know we know there's more to you than that much more to you probably at least 40 or 60 pages worth more uh but fat and unhappy that if that is how you're feeling that is coming from a demon that is coming from a contingency of self-worth and i'll remind us what we talked about in another episode nothing you ever do or don't do or nothing you ever do or do not look like can ever change your worth. Your worth is inherent and unchangeable and it exists because you are human, right? And you get to choose your identity. You get to choose your values and that's what allows you to feel that your life is meaningful and feel like you're living it in a a way that's aligned with what you believe in. But what you do, how you look, even how you engage with people, that doesn't determine your worth, right? You can choose to engage in ways that disrespect your worth, right? That is a possibility, but nothing that you do changes your worth. I mean, I don't want to say especially because there's no especially is here. There are, everything is equal, but I'm just going to say especially your, your body weight, you know? Uh, so, Something that is really important to do to overcome those demons is to do exactly the thing that the demon doesn't want you to do, right? It is the demon that's telling you, I can't give this presentation until I lose weight. I can't hang out with my friends until I lose weight. I have nothing to contribute to this group as long as I'm overweight. That is the demon. That is the contingency of self-worth talking. And the only way for you to liberate yourself from that demon and contingency of self-worth 
is to do the thing, even though it's going to be excruciatingly uncomfortable. But if you say, you know what? F it. I'm going to give this presentation, even though everything in my body is telling me not to. If you do that, let's say three times, go and give a presentation, even though you don't want to do it because of your body weight. Guess what? After the third time of doing that, your body weight will already have less control over your mind, right? Because by doing that, you're teaching that demon, it doesn't control you. You don't believe in it. And that doesn't mean that it's not going to still have influence over you, but it is by doing the things that the demon is telling you not to do that you are going to diminish the power of that demon. So I encourage you, no matter where you are in your weight loss journey, or after listening to this, if you even still think that it's a weight loss journey, (laughs) do the thing that your body weight is telling you not to do because that is how you disempower that demon. And the reality is it's going to be hard because body weight is a contingency of self-worth, particularly for women, that society starts instilling in us at a very young age. But you have the opportunity to liberate yourself. So I know we have to wrap up. Any last thoughts, Andy or Alexia? I think what you're describing is resiliency and Mm. that's one of the most important things anybody can do to be successful. Brilliant. Love it. So the key takeaways are do not put your identity in one or two things. There's too much to you to do that. Focus on aligning with your values and understand that if you align with your values, then what is meant to be will be. And that Taking care of your physical body is likely a part of anyone aligning with their values. And that if we, are, if we believe that we are doing what is aligned with our values, we have to let go of the rest. We have to let go of our body weight expectations uh, because that may or may not be a byproduct of living in a way that's aligned with our values, but living in a way that's aligned with our values is all that really matters. And then the, this last piece is understanding that, yes, society does indoctrinate us with this belief that people who have a certain appearance or body weight are more valuable, but that belief is false. And we need to make efforts to liberate ourselves from that belief, that demon, that contingency of self-worth. And the only way to liberate ourselves is to do exactly the thing that the demon doesn't want us to do. So, Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for being here, Andy. I really appreciate your story. Yeah, I definitely, I wouldn't have thought of a lot of the things you shared. So, so much appreciation. And Alexia, thank you for contributing your questions as well. Well, thank you for listening and have a miraculous day. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. 
Follow us on Twitter at Full Service RDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.